Welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder, and I'm laughing because we're just always never have our shit together. And um, <laughs> noted by the fact that I don't have my piece of paper in front of me that I'm supposed to read from. Um, but I'm uh, Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder, but I already said that. But today's episode is brought to you by Peapod Mats. Peapod mats are back because we love them so much. Your ultimate solution them. for mess-free nights. It is an absorbent pad that you put on your bed for bedwetting and, you know, all that stuff. It's But it's awesome. And leaky breasts, too. And mm-hmm. we will hear more from our sponsors later. And, uh, but you can head to... Um, look at me. I'm trying to do it off the top of my head. <laughs> you'll hear more from our sponsors in a little while in our ad break but you can head to badass breastfeeding podcast and find our sponsor page with all of our sponsors on it if you need anything see if you can give them any of your business because they make this podcast possible and while you're there scroll down and enter your email address and we will send episodes straight to your inbox every week And we are also on Patreon, and we would love to see you over there. Please join us. We're all getting to know each other and sharing our, you know, things going on in our lives and breastfeeding advice and revolution parenting episodes, and we create new content, ad-free episodes, and mini podcasts. So join us there. You can click the top link in the show notes under this episode, wherever you're listening from, and also over at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com if you can't find it. And we're still holding our ongoing giveaway for people who leave reviews around the internet itunes spotify whatever written text stars whatever you can do um we would love to see it and you can take a screenshot of that and send it to badass breastfeeding podcasts at gmail.com along with your address and we'll send you a goodie bag of thank you for nursing in public uh cards empowerment cards and stickers and fun stuff like that uh, and I think now Diane has our review of the week, and I'm sure she's got her stuff together more than I do. Well, at least I, uh, yeah, in, in at the, the last moment. Minute. Yeah, in the moment. <laughs> in the moment. I found this early postpartum with my second. I had to exclusively pump with my first, and this time I was nursing but having so many doubts. My midwife was helping me, but I needed more. This show calmed my worries and helped me grow my confidence in nursing. It was a safe place and a helpful tool to grow all in one. I tell people all the time, well, thank you so much for sending this in, but I tell people all the time too, like when you've, if you've been exclusive pumper first time around and second time you're, you know, just direct breastfeeding, or if you started off giving bottles for some reason, and then you go to direct breastfeeding, like how difficult that is to trust what you're doing. So hard. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So hard when you're not like looking at all the things and, you know, that you can see the milk going into the baby and you just don't trust it as much but then like it's so I, I mean it's just so hard it's such a hard transition so I am so glad that you were able to go from exclusive pumping which is so hard in and of itself to direct breastfeeding with your second and you were able to like kind of overcome that because it can be really really just a difficult process to do absolutely that's amazing yeah that's really congratulations. great congratulations I know. It's, Congratulations. And I'm glad you had a supportive midwife. That was really great too. It's so good. You yeah, just need to have the support. Helpful. Yeah. So helpful. And I'm glad you found us. So thank you. Thank you for sending that in. Thank you. 
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I know. Today we're going to talk about starting solids because this comes up a lot. It does come up a, a, lot, lot. a lot. I've gotten, yeah, I've actually gotten a couple of messages recently um, oh. that I thought I could read and get us started with our discussion because, yeah, it's coming up a lot. And I think we did an episode in April of last year. So it's not like it's super old, but also like so many people have had babies since then. I know. And some people don't go back. And also, whatever. We have to talk about this a lot. Yeah, it does come um, up a lot. And I really think it's one of those things where, like, starting solids and teething, because I feel like we talk a lot about um, all the newborn stuff and things to expect, yeah. like, within the first month or two. And then we kind of, like, let things drop. I know that recently we've done episodes on, like, what to expect the first four months or, you know, after four months, what to expect, I think, after six months is coming up. But um, we don't really talk about the things that you need to expect and the things that you kind of come up against once your baby's a little bit older. But this is one of them. This is one yeah. of the big ones. And you're, this is a huge one. And then you're at the doctor's office with your pediatrician trying to get information. And it's funny because these messages about solids and, uh, you know, getting started, all the things around solids generally come when somebody has recently been at the pediatrician and they told them something, mm-hmm. told them something wrong. And then they're messaging us going, wait, is this true? Is this what I'm supposed to do? It's it doesn't really feel annoying. right. No. Yeah. Right. And it sounds hard or it sounds just like, <sighs> anyway, here, let me read one. Okay. Um, I don't know this person's name. It doesn't matter. I didn't ask her if I could read it, so I just won't tell her. name. (laughs) She says, love the content and podcast. I have a 17 month old, uh, not eating much solids during the day. Would nursing at night be affecting this? I'm willing to continue breastfeeding. I'm just wondering if he's getting all he needs as I like him to be interested in more solids besides salmon, almond flour, tortillas, apples, freeze-dried fruit, frozen mangoes, and occasionally bananas. Now, this one actually didn't come from the pediatrician. She's just asking if her 17-month-old is being hindered in his eating and appeal being appealed to solids because he's nursing at night. No. And, and no, not at all. And first of all, salmon, almond flour tortillas apples, freeze-dried fruit, frozen mangoes, and occasionally bananas. That is a lot of food for a 17-month-old baby. Mm-hmm. That's she a probably lot wants of to, food. I'm thinking that she wants him to have like more of, like to eat more things. Maybe yeah, he's not yeah. eating more things. Well, and she says almond flour tortillas, but he'll only eat them plain. He won't have a thin layer of hummus or almond butter or peanut butter. So it sounds like maybe she's like, oh, we need some protein. Like, how do I get that in there? Like, how is he going to eat? You know, these are all, first of all, even besides that, that's a lot of food for a 17 month old to have adjusted to and be Mm -hmm. enjoying. And breastfeeding at night is not like, it's not affecting that at all. No. No. At all. And this is what uh, people often hear from their pediatricians is like, you need to slow down with the breastfeeding so that they will eat more solids. 
You need to slow down with the breastfeeding at night so that they're hungry for solids and, you know, your breastfeeding is just making it so that they don't get interested in solids. That's complete nonsense. It is absolutely not true. Now, babies, just like toddlers, just like, you know, other age children, just like teenagers and just like adults have preferences and they just can't tell you what those preferences are. And a lot of times I really feel like we just don't are trying to figure out because some babies might have a sensory thing going on where they like certain textures. They like certain, you know, feels they like certain Mm -hmm. flavor, like, or they don't like certain textures. They don't like certain sensory things. And you have to figure out what is it that this child wants and likes and that takes a little bit of time and it takes a little bit of patience. Not every yeah. baby comes out of the gate eating everything in every form that it comes in. And get ready to just deal with that for the rest of your parenthood journey until they leave the yeah. house and they, you can't control what they're doing anymore. Exactly. They just will just eat what they like and not what they don't like. But holding back from them... It's not going to change that. Right. You, Withholding nutrients is not going to help the right. situation. Withholding nutrients is not going to force your child who doesn't like certain things to all of a sudden like them and eat them. Not that that's what you were suggesting when you sent no. that message. You weren't like, oh, no, maybe no. I should just starve them. You were just saying like, like people are wondering because this is what their doctors say. Like, should I ease up on the breastfeeding because they're like too full of breast milk? You know, and if they were just not getting the breast milk, would they then have the hunger for other things? That's not what's going on. It's Mm-mm. not about them being too full on breast milk. It's about this process of going from breastfeeding to eating solid foods is a long journey. It is not just something that, oh, they're six months, so now we can start solids and they're going to love it. They're not, that's not going to happen. Some babies get solids in their hands and at six months old and they love it and they mm-hmm. eat so much. And then some don't eat for a long time. I mean, Jack was over two years old before he was actually swallowing an amount of food that would fill his stomach. Mm-hmm. He Which was isn't a lot, by the way. Right. Which is a lot. Right. I know that's an, Oh, Oh, there's this um Instagram account. I think it's called, um, Oh, crap. Something in color. Feeding toddlers in color or I don't know. Something about colorful foods. I don't even know. I'll find out. But it's a great thing. to. It shows you. She always um, she always puts into perspective like what will fill your child's stomach. It's like a strawberry and a cracker mm. and a little a little like dollop of peanut butter. And it's like, that's it. But we, cause we put so much food in front of ourselves, which by the way, the amount of food that we put in front of ourselves usually is way more than we put in our bodies. Right. Your toddler does not have that. Like, oh, I'm full. I'm just going to keep eating. Like they can't do that. They haven't had, they haven't like just, you know, filled their gullet for all kinds of reasons and learned to ignore the I'm full signal from the brain. Like that comes very quickly to them and they listen to it. And it's actually a beautiful thing. Just let that happen. Mm -hmm. If they're not eating it, they don't want it. And it's fine. 
They're not going to, this is takes, it takes a really long time for them to transition for some children to transition to just being used to, like Diane was saying, the texture and the feel of foods and the taste of foods. And, and I think there's like a, isn't there a statistic out there? Like a child has to taste or or all people have to taste something like 20 times before they can actually know if they like it or not. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. Something I have like heard that. something like that. Yeah, like the first time they put it, first 20 times they put it in their mouth, they might not like it. And then, you know, just stop giving it to them, give them something else, and maybe try again in a few months and see if they like it now. Well, you know what? Thank God you're still breastfeeding because right. where, would because you, you, where would you be getting the nutrients from? Where is your child going to get the nutrients from? You would be panicking. And, and then they would have formula and they would have to be, they would be increasing the amount of formula to, to cover for, you know, the bottle for a formula fed toddler would be, well, I guess maybe they wouldn't have that. Well, they do have that toddler formula that they will certainly advertise to you. Yeah. And that is, didn't we find out that that's, they make more money Dunk. off that toddler formula than they do actually baby formula? Yeah, and the American Academy of Pediatrics is one of the one of the organizations. I know there's more, but one of the organizations that says it's a scam. Toddler it's a formula. total scam. It's mm-hmm. an absolute total scam. But that's how they get you. They get you with this toddler who doesn't want to eat many solids because they're not ready, because they're, you know, physiologically, their brain and all this stuff that they're learning to do isn't ready yet. And so, but they can go, oh, your toddler needs you know, you need this little extra nutrients. You need this extra something. Is your toddler not eating many solids? Here, have this toddler formula. It's never necessary. Mm-hmm. Toddler formula is never, ever necessary. No. I mean, unless we're talking about some extreme medical situation where you're in the hospital and you're dealing with doctors and that's what they're telling you. And it's beyond the scope of really what we're talking about. Like maybe there's a situation where a child has like a real medical condition where they can't eat or something like that. But we're talking about like the general population, right? Right. Absolutely. There's not, there's never any reason for it, but you're going to get scared into it no matter what, because this is what they're going to tell you that something's wrong. And there's all kinds of ages where your toddler could toddler, baby, whatever could get interested and start eating more solids. You just have to wait. You have to wait until they're ready. It doesn't mean something's wrong. You just have to wait. And like Diane said, thank God you're breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. And even when you start solids, even when you start solids, breast milk is still going to be the most nutrient dense food that they can ever have. And I still say that when you start introducing solids, that whatever day, whatever, whenever you're giving solids, breastfeed first. Let them get those good, awesome nutrients in their stomach and then give them the solids so that they can play with it. You know, playing with it is going to be a big thing for a couple of years. It's going to be all over the place because that's just how they're getting used to it. You know, there's a lot of things that have to go on with their tongue and their jaw and figuring all that out in order to move the food to the back of their mouth and actually swallow it. That's not that's not a small thing. Now, there's a lot involved here. There is. Should we take a break and then talk more about it? Yeah, we need to. You said you have another one. I to have another too, message, right? too. Yeah, okay, which cool. actually has to do with cow's milk. Oh, I feel like is just a similar conversation. Okay, cool. 
We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Peapod Math, your ultimate solution for mess-free nights. Say goodbye to troublesome milk puddles with our 100% leak-proof and super-absorbent mat. While originally designed for bedwetting and incontinence, Peapod mats are an absolute game-changer for breastfeeders. Now cleaning your leaky mess is a breeze. Peapod mats are reusable, up to 500-plus washes, so they can... So they are cheaper than buying those 10 to 20 plastic, 20, 10 to $20 plastic protectors. You know, those ones, the cheap ones you get the plastic on one side and like a little thin layer of fabric on the other. They're 10 or 20 bucks. And then you just have to wash them and then they get all crumpled and then you need to replace them. This is so much cheaper. No more shifting or fussing around at night. Peapod mats stay in place with no flaps, straps, Velcro and no tucking or wrapping around the mattress. They have this little thing on the little type of fabric on the on the bottom that's just it just sticks to the it just sticks to the mattress or the sheet. The peapod mats are breathable so they adjust to the perfect temperature. Peapod mats are PFAS, PVC, phthalates, vinyl and latex free with a TPU waterproof coating. That is a greener solution for the environment. Peapod mats are hassle-free with no special washing instructions. Toss in your regular wash and dry cycles. The Peapod mat transitions right into potty training, which is a huge thing. It'll go right into potty training and beyond. And I still say beyond. I still use ours. We have a a Peapod mat from when um, they sponsored us a long time ago and Exley was, you know, still in diapers and stuff. And we still to this day bring this Peapod mat to us on our camping trip because we put it down on the mattress in the cabin and all the mattresses are covered in plastic. We put it right down there and it's like a nice sleeping surface without having to like rub around on that plastic. And it just folds up in our... You just, they're, they're great forever. You can have, it could be like a pet. Okay. I'm going on and on. Obviously I'm really, (laughs) I like this product. (laughs) Use promo code badass for 15% off your order at Peapod Mats. That's P-E-A-P-O-D-M-A-T-S.com. And the code is valid through March 10th, 2024. So hurry up and get yours. And you can find all of our sponsors and their promo codes in the show notes under this episode or over at Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. Dot com, And you'll also find over there information about how to schedule your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. So, and so here's uh, this other message. <sighs> Question for you guys. I'm a huge fan of your podcast and have been listening daily at work. I have a nine month old daughter and we recently had her pediatrician appointment yesterday. So we're, we're just ripe for some misinformation. I am breastfeeding and pumping when I'm in the office two days a week. And the pediatrician told me I have to, in all caps, have to introduce cow's milk at a year to make sure my daughter doesn't develop an intolerance. To me, red flags were going off. She said I can continue breastfeeding, but she should have cow's milk too. This cannot be accurate, can it? My daughter has plenty of solids slash dairy, so I felt it was kind of her way of trying to get me to start weaning. So yeah, red flags. I agree. Yeah. There's absolutely zero reason for you ever to introduce cow's milk. Cow's milk is for baby cows. Right. Well, I don't what do you need research for? It comes from a cow. It's a different species of animal. 
Oh, like, but just how she said that if you don't introduce it, it's going to oh, cause, yeah. an, intolerance right. cause an intolerance. Yeah, that's not true either. That's no, there's no research behind that. We don't have any information on that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. And cow's milk is like, if you want to eat that, if you want to drink it, you have it in your house, it's a normal thing. That's fine. But you don't ever have to introduce cow's milk. That's it used to be no. It used to be that we thought that like cow's milk was so healthy and like back in the era when I was growing oh, yeah, up, yeah, with calcium is how you got your calcium. You know exactly that was how you got your calcium. It was really important for strong bones. Like, and that was a lot of marketing, right? That was That's a lot of marketing. Lobby. People think it's silly to talk about like how there's like a milk industry, how there's like milk people pushing milk. There's a comedian who does this bit. Do you, have you ever heard of Nate Bargatze? Yeah. Oh, I've God. never seen it, but I've heard of it. Oh, oh yeah. God, you have to watch this special. It's hilarious. And it's totally family friendly, too. You can like watch with your kids. He's not, you oh, know, he's not it's a, just, yeah. no, it's not vulgar or anything. But he has this whole thing about how he got chocolate milk because um, he heard that it was good for when you work out. Oh, jeez. Um, he ends the bit with saying he doesn't work out, but he just was getting all the stuff in place. But his wife is like, that's not true. That's just the milk people pushing chocolate milk. And he was just like, what? You don't know that. You know, I don't think that they need people to push their milks. Chocolate milk's not doing too bad. Anyway, he does it look way funnier than me, but it's so true. There are milk people pushing there milk. Are. This is yeah. literally like the, you know, the American Cow's Milk Foundation or whatever. Look it up. They, the it dairy exists. industry. Yeah. The dairy, the dairy industry. industry. There's, there's, there's an industry for absolutely everything. There's like the, there's a, an, or, there's an industry for oranges. For meat, for everything. And they make shit up <laughs> about how this is supposed to be like great for you so that they can push their product. This is, we live in the most interesting land. <laughs> it is, yeah. It is unbelievable. But if she's, if your daughter is eating lots of dairy products and other way they're eating yogurts they're eating cheese they're eating you know different other different dairy products i don't know why drinking that milk is, is going to make different that. yeah yeah and if you're a dairy free household Which just is, relax is a thing. yeah you're good there's it's dairy free people all over the place a lot of people who feel like in, ingesting the milk from another species maybe isn't the greatest thing for you and i'm not saying you know whatever i well, I've had plenty. I know, right? I've had plenty of clients that have that do that do not have milk. Like they'll eat other dairy products, but they do not have milk in their house because milk yeah. upsets their stomach, which is that intolerance that this doctor is talking about. But this is a natural intolerance. They think that, also we all have this like, intolerance, right? That like naturally humans do not tolerate cow's milk well after right. like age of like three just naturally we just don't do well with it it's just so now we've body. got for a cat right, and now we've, we've got a generation of you know human beings that are like i don't like it it doesn't work for me i'm not going to give it to my baby because right. i don't have it in my house for me so why yeah, would i give it, it to like, my child it is like absolute literal insanity that a doctor can look at you and tell you that your breast milk from your human body being made for your human baby should somehow be supplemented with the milk from another species. Like it is beyond me. 
I just do not understand how this comes out of people's mouths. It is ridiculous. It's insane. When you think about it, when you actually break it down and you think about it, it is absolute insanity. We are all insane. Yeah, that's ridiculous. (laughs) It's crazy. It really is. It really, yeah, it really is. And people buy that. People believe it. I mean, this person did it. Because you have a doctor who's telling you that you need to do this. And if you don't, your baby's going to end up with some intolerance. It's insane. Or they tell you, this is another thing they'll tell you. Oh, your breast milk doesn't have enough calcium, fat, calories, whatever. Fill in the blank at six months. And so you need to start giving cow's milk. Six months, a year, whatever. Your breast milk is not sufficient for your child. So you need to supplement it with cow's milk. That is bananas. Yeah. That is absolute bananas. We know that your milk has everything it needs for your baby. At every age. At every age. Your body knows how old your baby is. I mean, this is why people, yeah, it adjusts. And this is why, I mean, they wouldn't say the recommendation for around the world wouldn't be over age two if there was zero benefit to this. Right. If there was something wrong. Right. If there was was something wrong. But the World Health Organization, which determines the health of human beings all over the world, says at least age two. At least. So at least age two. They wouldn't be saying that if there was no benefit to your child. Yeah, it's really a good idea to like, to just check in with like the World Health Organization and check in what their recommendations are because so many recommendations like we were just talking about come from lobbyists. A lot, you know, a lot of recommendations come from just not science in this country. That's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. So checking in with them and like, because that's not how they operate. They're just giving you information based on science. Right. And I don't, maybe there's problems with the World Health Organization. I don't know what those are. As far as I know, as their breastfeeding stuff is based on science. Yeah. Um, what is, I have more yeah, stuff. Go, go. go. No, I was just, the only thing I was going to say is I wanted to make sure I got it in here somewhere was yeah. that when you're starting solids, make sure that nobody tells you you can start at four months. Oh, yeah. Four yes. months is yeah. not the recommendation. Four months is not the recommendation. Six months is the recommendation to start solids, not four months. And there's a so reason people, for that, a very good reason. Your baby can't tolerate it for your one. Gut is, yeah, their gut is not fully formed yet. And it's, they're not prepared for it. They're still, they still have that extrusion, extru, what is it, the extrusion reflex where they're pushing out with their tongue. Oh, yeah. They do that because they're pushing out the food. Their body isn't ready to take it yet. I know people that just try to bypass that. And just say, oh, the baby, you know, baby's pushing it out, but I just keep pushing it back in. Yeah. And there's well, different ages where they're going to, just like your baby's going to roll over at different ages from everybody else's age, ba- uh, baby. It's the same thing with that, with the tongue reflex thing. Yeah. Yeah. The reflexes if, if you, drop at different times. It's not like, oh, here's six months. They don't have it anymore. They might. Yeah. You can't. And and you, but that's a sign of readiness. Right. And you can't. That is gone. Yeah. And if your baby was born three weeks early, then you start at six months and three weeks. 
if your baby was born two weeks early, you start at six months and two weeks. Like you, it has to, you have to kind of adjust for that as well. Mm-hmm. So when we say six months, we're not kidding around. It's not like eh, around that. No, it's like six months is the earliest you should be starting solids. Yeah. And if your baby, like we were talking about before, if your baby's not into it at six months, at nine months, at a year, don't worry. It's not, it's not going to happen the same for all babies. Um, solids are not going to help your baby sleep. No, it is not. That is something that people are going to tell you. Your mother-in-law might tell you. Your doctor might tell you. You know, like, oh, start some solids and they'll start, they'll start sleeping better. You know, if you just, you know, give them some solids. Might start sleeping worse. Like if the, if it's bothering their stomach or something, they might start sleeping worse. Oh yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. I don't know. People are yelling upstairs and I'm pretty sure someone's walking around in my high heels. It's <laughs> like walking around in my heels yelling stuff. Um, I swear you're going to see him in like a TikTok video on a corner someday just doing something crazy. Oh my God. That's hilarious. Oh, also the thing, there's also this thing of like the order that you're supposed to introduce solids, like start with rice cereal and then, you know, a vegetable and then fruit. And I don't even know because it's such stupid nonsense. First of all, the rice cereal, like, I don't, I'm not a big fan of that at all. Again, if that's what you're doing in your house, that's fine. I skipped over that. I just didn't think that my baby needed rice cereal. I thought, you know, our first food would just be like food. Again, one of the reasons why they do that is because it's enriched with iron. Give your baby, start with meat. If you're a family that eats meat, start with meats. You don't have to like do a, you know, some kind of fancy. I have to wait until they. No, you can start them with meats if you want to. But you you can also start... don't have to panic about them being iron deficient the day they turn six months. That's right. not how it works. And you can get that checked too. Right, you can get it checked, but it doesn't happen immediately. Immediately, no. and if your baby is having if breastfeeding and having some solids and doing normal things. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's very common that people find that their baby is iron deficient. Like that would be a special circumstance. Um, <laughs> I think that's all that I had to say. I mean, certainly not all that I had to say. Yeah. <laughs> There's all the points on my notes. <laughs> yeah. Just really keep in mind that if you don't want to supplement your baby with stuff, um, you know, look at look at what the foods can give your baby. You know, look into what other foods you can give your baby that is going to give them those vitamins and nutrients that they need. If you don't want to give whole milk, if you don't want to, you know, you don't want to give rice cereal. There's other options. There's lots of other options. There's dietitians yeah, that you can see look that can help food. with that. Yeah, Google just look it. at the food. I mean, Google and, is okay to look at what like foods that are rich in iron. Right. And the iron, I mean, the f- nutrients in your breast milk become more concentrated as your baby gets a little bit older. 
and they're still getting what they need just in a concentrated form. So if they're only breastfeeding a couple times a day or they're only breastfeeding for, you know, four minutes at a time, they're still getting what they need because what they need is in there. It's concentrated. And we have a whole episode on this. I'll link it in the show notes, but on like how your breast milk changes over time. It doesn't just turn to water like everybody tells you. It doesn't just like, oh, it doesn't have the nutrients in it that your baby needs anymore because your baby's turned a year. That's not true at all. It's not true at all. No. Your your body is still making the milk that your baby needs and is still giving them the nutrients they need because your body knows that your baby is not going to be eating a full diet at six months. Yeah. Yeah. So the milk no. is getting them by. The milk is the nutrients for them. The they're still expected to be having a diet of mainly breast milk for, you know, till your baby's a little bit older. They're not gonna all of a sudden start solids and that's gonna be it. They're not breastfeeding anymore. That's not the case. They're still expected to breastfeed until yeah, it's at not least- Yeah. It's not one thing or the other. Like you hear a lot of comments on the internet, like, oh, if they're old enough to eat, they shouldn't be breastfeeding. That's not true. This is a transition, a long transition that go together. Breastfeeding and solids go together. Right. For quite a while. For really as long as you want it to. And you can't do it wrong. That's the other thing. Everybody's afraid of like, what if I don't give my baby enough of this? What if I don't give them enough of that? I'm afraid they're not going to get what they need. You can't do it wrong. You can't, especially if you're still breastfeeding your baby, they're going to get what they need. So you can trust that. But your baby, you know, if you're giving them, if you're offering them whole foods, I mean, you're doing the best you can do. Sometimes, yeah, they don't want certain things. They don't eat much. Like Abby said, they play with it in the beginning for quite a while. We don't even know how much it's actually getting into them. Not much at all. One is just for fun. Is what They're playing with it. That's actually a rhyme that I like because it, it's it's true. Pump we can go dump, with that one. That sucks. Yeah, that one's don't go with that one. <laughs> that one's well. Thank you thing. so much for listening. And check out our other if you're you know if this is your first episode on solids, check out some of our other ones because we do talk about other different topics that go along with solids too. So yeah, the last one we did it. was a myths about starting solids. Oh yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. So definitely take it if you need it. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.